Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Dr. Virginia and I have a topic to discuss today that's very close to my heart. Serving as a children's ministry consultant, I had the opportunity to be able to visit a lot of church buildings. And one of the responsibilities that I had was to work with the children's minister if they were building a new building or if they were remodeling or if they just wanted somebody to come by and give them just a fresh set of eyes on their spaces to help them to be able to organize or to be able to, to go think through safety issues. And so it was just one of my favorite things to do because I love to look at children's spaces in churches. I love to be able to help children's ministers think through what they need to know as they're creating their spaces, especially if they're getting ready to build a new building or if they're remodeling or if they're coming in brand new to a space and they're trying to see how they can utilize the space to the best of their ability. So I love to talk about buildings and spaces and how we set up for children's ministry. So Dr. Virginia and I thought today with the the beginning of a new year, January, (laughs) time to start thinking about cleaning clutter and getting things organized. And so we thought we would just talk a little bit about how we can set up our children's ministry spaces to be the most effective and just to be able to to find the best ways that we can use the space that God has given us. So I think let's just start off with the basics and we'll kind of work our way through a lot of different topics today. So the first is that In children's ministry and education, we tend to want to decorate for everything. And we want to have a lot of material and a lot of colors and a lot of things on the walls. And I think that the most important thing to know is that less is more when it comes to our spaces. And I know that that feels counterintuitive just because we are so used to walking into a school classroom and seeing so much. But honestly, when it comes to church spaces, having less clutter is really the best thing that you can do for your ministry. Absolutely. And I think we we are definitely in the less is more camp. Um there are other people who, um, you know, who have different opinions on that. Right. Um, I'm sure Val and I have both been in lots of preschool and children's ministry spaces that have been heavily themed with the murals on the wall and the different installations of items and all sorts of stuff. And, and all of that can be very beautiful. But I walk into those spaces and I think, oh my goodness, the maintenance, the upkeep of this. What happens when there's a scratch or a nick in this beautiful complex mural? Do you get the muralist to come in and fix it? Do you try to fix it yourself? Do you just leave it? Mm -hmm. 
And so the maintenance and the upkeep of some of the more complicated things, right? Um, or even walking into a space, and this was a few years ago, where somebody found, I don't know, deals on like the wall decals. Right. <laughs> and just right. like just about every inch of the walls was just covered in wall decals. I'm like, someone had a lot of fun with this. Right. But wow, that's that's a lot. Um, and so, um, we are definitely in the less is more camp for a lot of reasons, which will continue to unfold. Um, right. Well, and that's what we're going to talk about all of those kind of details. We're going to talk about pros and cons of murals and those elaborate decorating systems that you can purchase and decals and all of that, because it really is, you, you do feel this like pressure, to make sure that everything looks bright and and colorful and and you know like I said we're so used to going into classrooms and seeing all mm-hmm. of this stuff and even when I was a classroom teacher I was not a big proponent of having a billion things everywhere because I think that what happens is that the yeah. more things you have on the walls you begin to not notice it of, mm-hmm. over time Mm-hmm. And it just becomes just busyness that takes away from the focus of what you're teaching at that particular yes. moment. And yes. so when you have so much, and I've never understood it, but there are some states that if you have a Christian school in your building, there are some states that have very specific rules about how much needs to be on the walls, you know, that there has to be a certain number of pieces of artwork and a certain number of educational things. And I've never understood it because one is typically the opposite of fire code requirement. Right. 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 I don't understand why they would compete (laughs) with that. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me, but also again, it's just so much clutter and so much there. And so I know that for schools, a lot of times it's a requirement, but for us in a church setting, if we don't have the school, if we're not sharing our space, I think we need to really think about how we can really embrace the less is more for a lot of different reasons. And we're going to hit all those reasons as we're talking today. Um, But I think the very first thing that we need to process is that clean is key. When parents, especially in a preschool hallway, when parents are visiting, when they're coming for the first time, they are really looking for a clean bright, inviting space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so when we are in a building every day, all day for weeks and weeks and months and months, we tend to stop noticing Mm -hmm. our own messes and our own smells. (laughs) We we don't tend to notice that messy smell or those (laughs) the, the, the odors that are just sort of like just daily for us. And so it's really important for us to make sure that we're thinking through how clean is our space. Have we made sure that the carpet looks clean, that the walls look clean, that windows are clean, that there's not any unnecessary or broken toys that are cluttering up a space. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I mentioned before, you know, there doesn't need to be a lot of decoration or paper on the walls because the paper on the walls is a fire hazard and you do need yeah. to know your fire regulations for your area so that you know, 
you know, you're only allowed to have a certain square footage of a wall covered with paper. And so you want to make sure you're aware of what your rules are on that so that if you do have a fire inspection, then you are prepared for that. But we just want to make sure that because a lot of times we'll come into a space and even if there are things on the wall, they don't match the seasons that we're in yeah. or they, they don't match you know, the holidays that we're, we're, we're going into, because again, we forget, we, we don't notice things and things yeah. can kind of, we can have a bulletin board that maybe has a lot of old flyers on it from events that we've already had or things like that. So we really want to think about how we can utilize our space to the best of our ability, but also make sure that it looks clean and smells clean and looks mm -hmm. organized so that parents can feel like they're leaving their children in a safe space. Absolutely. I am super fortunate in that um, I have a wonderful um, custodial um, worker who cleans our preschool area, who does a phenomenal job. She's actually also one of our Sunday school teachers oh, um, and does a phenomenal job keeping our area so nice. Yeah. Um, one of the oddities of our 50 plus year old building is that the air intake for the heater and the closet for the heating unit is inside the men's bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. Most of the time, it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to pull out the Febreze and Febreze pretty heavily. Right. <laughs> so... Right. Right. Uh, so that's one of those things that, mm -hmm. yes, being aware um, of our spaces and, mm -hmm. and a small, like really practical thing that we do is right before pickup, um, mm -hmm. my desk workers will go around to our babies and toddlers rooms and just pick up all the trash and go ahead and take that to our dumpster outside. That right. way during pickup time, parents, the the smell of used diapers <laughs> isn't right. wafting through the building during pickup right. time. Um, and so that's just kind of some small, just practical things that we try to do and things that I try to have on hand, like Febreze, <laughs> to right. keep oh, our area yeah. smelling fresh. <laughs> See, that's a, a nice thing to be able to do. And that, again, you're you're right. And that's such a great thing to be able to have some place, some way for the, the diapers to be. Because again, if you are walking in and you have those smells, and sometimes mm -hmm. you can't help it, things happen right, and right. you do. And I think parents understand that. Right. But if they become accustomed to coming in to, mm -hmm. you know, those, those smells, and those things, it makes them feel like a space isn't as clean. And so mm -hmm. I think it is really important that we're making sure that we have not become so accustomed to our spaces that when people are coming in for the first time, there might not be things that they would see that would concern them. Yes. And so, so I think that that's really important to remember. And again, I think we feel this pressure to decorate. Mm when we really don't need to focus so much on the decorating, you know, themes that we have, if we, whether or not we have a mural painted on the wall by someone in the church, or if we purchase one of those elaborate, you know, million dollar decorating systems that can turn your hallway into an ocean under the sea. Yeah. yeah. In the park and outer space. Yeah. All of yeah. those things. I know that they <laughs> sound 
wonderful. And it's like you just mm-hmm. mentioned a few minutes ago, they do look amazing when mm-hmm. they are first installed. But yes. over time, when you, because I mean, if you're putting a million dollars into this massive decorating system, that's not something that you're going to be able to change in a couple of years. Anytime soon. Yeah. And so they do begin to wear very, mm-hmm. very quickly. And so it's like what you said, there'll be scratches, there'll be marks, there'll be things on them. And they're not always super easy to clean mm-hmm. or to repair. Mm-hmm. And I know we think, oh, we're just going to be super careful with it. But I've visited a lot of churches literally like the week after they've had these pieces installed and they'll start showing me, oh, you know, we already have, you know, a, a scratch here. We already have this here because when you have a lot of people yes. in the building, when you have the kids coming and going, they just tend to mess with things on the wall and it just happens. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly have never spoken to a children's minister that has one of these elaborate systems that after a couple of months, they realize, oh, we wish we had not done this <laughs> oh, yeah. because now we're tied to this theme. So like when we yeah. decorate for vacation Bible school, it's really hard for us to get rid of the under the sea theme because, you know, if you're it's everywhere, that, you know, it's just, it's everywhere and it covers it. But right. also the realization of repairs and how things yeah. begin to look just start to set in. And so I think you really want to talk to a lot of people that have mm-hmm. had the system that you're thinking about yes. installing before you install it, just to get their point of view and to see mm-hmm. if they feel like it was something that was really beneficial for them or if they really have these struggles with it. Because like I said, I've really not spoken to now, I might speak to parents or to the pastors who say, oh, it's so cool and we love it and it's so pretty, but they're not seeing the detail of care mm-hmm. that the children's minister is having to to show. So we want to make sure that we've talked to the right people to get an opinion on how it looks. Let me remind everybody about something about a mural that is painted by someone in the church. Oof, oof. Yes, I know um, where you're going with this. It, it honestly sounds like a wonderful idea. <clears throat> and our church members are so sweet to be willing to do these kinds of things for us. But once you have a mural painted, it is mm-hmm. almost impossible to ever change it. And the reason yeah. is because if Miss Martha painted it, Mm-hmm. More than likely, Miss Martha is a very beloved person in your church family. Yeah. And so it's going to become <laughs> this memorial to Miss Martha. Mm-hmm. And so if you even think about painting over it or changing it or updating it, it's it's emotionally going to be very difficult for your church family because they're going to feel this tie to the mural right. because they felt a tie to Miss Martha. Yes. And so, again, it's one of those things that you really, really want to think through. Is this something that we will be able to use for a very, very long time? And is it going to be the best thing for our children's ministry? Um, And how attached is everyone going to be to it over the long term? Yes, that is 
<clears throat> I had a situation where I had a mural on one wall in one classroom, but it's exactly what you're talking about. It was painted by a church member. Mm-hmm. And I waited until about five years after she had passed mm-hmm. and none of her living relatives were in the church anymore. Right. Right. Before very quietly painting over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, we didn't make right. any sort of big announcement and it was only in one room to where it wasn't like in a hallway or in a right. heavily trafficked area. Right. So because of that, five mm-hmm. years after she had passed, we were able to very quietly paint over it. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, and I know that there's probably a lot yeah. of people thinking, why would you ever paint over that? But I can promise but you... But it was 25 years old and it was scuffed and nicked and messed up and people had tried to fix um, it and made it look worse. And it, just, <laughs> so it, it needed. gets dated. Yeah. Colors and, you know, we can <laughs> we, we can realize that when we look at... If, if you happen mm-hmm. to like to watch HGTV or yeah. if you are a Fixer Upper <laughs> fan or if you watch... If you like to look at mm-hmm. old houses... It is very easy to see that there are some classic timeless things mm-hmm. and there are some things that look dated mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you have to be very wise in the way that you're looking at your spaces because sometimes trendy things can look dated very quickly. Yes. And like yes. I said, there are some classic things that last forever, right. but you have to be wise in making those choices mm-hmm. because at the time, if something is cool and new and, you know, fresh looking, it, it just may not last the test of time. So you want to yeah. make sure that you make your spaces as flexible as possible and don't allow yourself to be tied down to something that can never change because you never know when you might need to change a space. And I think that that fa- falls along the lines of how you lay out your spaces as mm-hmm. well, because one children's ministry trend changes into a different children's ministry trend. So (laughs) you want to make sure that you don't lock yourself down into a space because like, for example, I know that for a very long time, the way we did Sunday school, when we did Sunday school was that we had the large room in the center where everybody Mm -hmm. got together to start with. Mm -hmm. And then there were all of these little classrooms that were around the large room. And then we broke off into these little classrooms to have our Sunday school lesson. And then we got back together with that. Well, when we stopped that model, what a lot of churches found is that they had these large rooms and then they were surrounded by all these really tiny rooms. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't very flexible for people to be able to use when the model changed for how we did Bible study. And so it really did make the necessity of remodeling, you know, have to come up in these discussions because that gave them a very specific, you know, building model to work with. And it was really hard to use all of these really tiny rooms when they needed to change the way that they did that particular hour. So you know, it, it is important, I think, that as we think through, you know, what are, are going to be the most flexible, useful ways that we can use mm-hmm. our spaces without tying us down to something that we're not going to be able to use in 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to talk for just a minute about 
some of the things that we need to consider when we're building a new building for our preschool and children's ministry. And I know maybe a lot of you are not there, but I just wanted to mention a few things that I have learned over the years that are really important to think about if you are getting ready to build a new space. And so one of the things that I always tell children's ministers is do not completely rely on the architect Ooh, to know amen. what you need for your children. Amen. And I know that sounds really weird because you think, okay, we have hired a firm that works with churches that have built children's buildings before. Or they, you know, they're the ones that are the experts and they need to know. But um, I will tell you the very first, my very first Wednesday night, I was, was hired at this new church we were building a new building. They had already hired the architects. And so I walk into the very first Wednesday night dinner that I'm there for. There's a group of people sitting at a table with all of these plans in front of them. And this one of the deacons comes running up to me and says, Valerie, we're so glad you're here. We're meeting with the architects and we're looking at the children's ministry building plans. Will you come look? And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, great. Yeah, now, literally, yeah. I've been in the office for two days. Nobody's given me these plans. I, you know, I knew they were building. I knew where they were right. in the build, but I hadn't looked at anything yet. Right, right. And so I walk up to the table and they show that, they, you know, they said, here they are. What do you think? So I'm like, well, you know, I really haven't had a chance to look at them yet. I really, you know, don't know exactly what you're doing. Maybe you can show me what you have planned. And they're like, no, we, we want to know what is your you know initial reaction? And I'm looking at these plans and I am realizing that they are so not laid out the way that a children's no. ministry needs to be laid out. And one of the very first things that I notice is that every classroom just has one door. Yeah. And in our state, you have to have two areas of egress in every classroom, which means you have to have two ways for the children to be able to get out of the room. Right. And so when I mentioned that, you know, because that was just the first thing that I noticed because I was uh -huh. so used to doing the walkthroughs for security for, for churches. And so I said, you know, how, you know, is there, you know, are the windows, because sometimes they'll design the windows to be doors. Right. Like, you can get out. And you know, and they were like, yes. no, you know, they're, they're the, you know, no, they're not. And, and so, I, you know, and I was explaining the fire codes and the, the architects were from Florida. And oh. at, at that particular time, of course, this was many years ago. At that particular time, they were like, well, we don't have those regulations in our state. And so you would think that an architect would know that they needed to follow yes. the fire codes of the state that they're working yes. in. But they just had not considered that. Oh, and gosh. so it's really important <laughs> that we do our due diligence, mm -hmm. that we make mm -hmm. sure that we are following all mm -hmm. of the fire codes and the rules and the regulations and what we need for children's spaces so that when we're speaking with the architects, we can make sure that, that they are on the, the right page when it comes to the needs that you have for your building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about um, I have sort of two wings to my building, one that's 50 years old, one that's almost 25 years old now. And some of our windows are hurricane rated windows. Mm -hmm. um, and so and of course, the first thing out of my mouth was, oh, so that means we can't get out in a fire. <laughs> you know, right? right. Um, it's unlikely that we would, you know, you know, a hurricane's coming. 
And so it's unlikely that we would be surprised by hurricane force winds Mm -hmm. and probably more likely that we could experience a fire. Right. But the only way to get out is to dismantle the entire window, which is not an option in an emergency situation. Right. Um, Right. So it's interesting. um, Some of the construction architectural decisions um, that are made for children's ministry spaces. So, yeah. Yes. So we really do have to, to, know what we need. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is one of the things that you really want to ask your pastor, because I've talked to a lot of children's ministers that have said, you know, I didn't have anything to do with the build. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a committee that did that. And so yeah. I really didn't have any voice in it. I think it's really important that you do talk with your pastor and ask if you can have a voice in that room, mm-hmm. because you really do know best what your children need. And you really do know what is going to be because you're in it every day. You're mm-hmm. in it. You know, you, you, you know, you know what's best for your ministry. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I, and I know that that's not always possible to have that voice, but I think it's really important for you to try to fight for that voice so that mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to be able to ask those questions and double check things because you are the one that's going to have to work with it on a regular basis. So you want to make sure that you do that. You, if, if you are building a new space for your children's ministry, you want to visit as many churches as yes. you possibly can. Yes. Particularly and, churches that have been built by that builder or architect yes. firm or whatever. Yes. It is worth the travel if you need to travel for you to be able to see that. But it mm-hmm. is also worth the time around your town to ask churches, can I come see your space? Do you mind mm-hmm. walking me through your building? I won't take a lot of your time, but just so that mm-hmm. you can see as many layouts as possible that you can see as many, you know, ways that things can be done and set up so that you can kind of think through what is going to be best for your ministry. Mm-hmm. And I also always recommend that you ask leaders, that you ask consultants to help tour your facility as it's being built as well, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that you have that extra set of eyes that can kind of come in. I did that a lot for churches and it was amazing the little things that I noticed that they had never noticed. Um, I remember one of the churches that I, I went through, I was in the preschool hall and they were showing me the rooms and they had set up a bathroom in between each of the preschool classrooms, you know, so they mm-hmm. wouldn't have to take the kids out of the classroom to go to the mm-hmm. restroom. And they mm-hmm. were super excited about that. But no one had noticed that they had actually installed adult toilets in the bathrooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that I said to her, I said, I said, well, this was an interesting choice. I said, because most of the time when we have these, we, we make them child size. And she looked and she went, oh. They're supposed to be child size. She was like, you know, we have walked through here a hundred times and I have never noticed that. And so it was just an error that the construction crew had made, Mm -hmm. but they had just been in the building so much. They just hadn't really noticed it. So they hadn't really thought it through. So having that extra set of Mm -hmm. eyes that can kind of go Mm -hmm. through and say, Hey, you know, explain to me, why did you you know make this choice? Or why is this this way? Or, you know, just to, to give you that extra help is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just um, in that whole process, we kind of, you kind of touched on this already, just advocating for your ministry mm-hmm. um, and 
you know, because thinking back, so this was way pre-COVID and then all these plans got derailed. Um, working with a an architect firm, you know, about building a new preschool and children's ministry space. And, you know, it was interesting because they were like, okay, looking at your church and like the demographics of your area, like we don't anticipate that your preschool and children's ministry would ever be larger than XYZ. And so, you know, we built this for, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I'm like, we're basically already at this number. Like we, we need more space than this. And they're like, well, and you have this one supply room right here. I'm like, we already have more space than that for our supplies and our storage. Like, why are you, why are you giving us less? And so, you know, trying to, which, and I'll, Supply space is also a double-edged sword because however much you have, you're going to fill it with junk. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but you have to have enough space for the things right. that you do need. For, for like yeah. those key items and your key supplies. And so right. just um, advocating for your ministry, mm-hmm. um, for what you need, for how you use your space, mm-hmm. um, for just like what you're saying, like, you know, the day in and day out, you know, the week to week. You know how it works and what you need. And so just advocating for that Um, and, you know, being realistic. I mean, we don't want to go crazy, but like being realistic, but advocating for what you need. So Right. Now, you really do need to consider your growth. I, I, I cannot tell you the number of churches that I've worked with that literally just built for the number that they have and that they immediately outgrew. Because I will tell you this too, the new building is going to garner some attention. If you are building a new building, that is going to catch the eye of a lot of people in your community. They're going to say, oh, I want to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go see. (laughs) And, And it's an awesome way to be able to reach out to people that maybe have not been to your church before. Mm -hmm. But again, you want to make sure that you have that space for growth because you don't want to be in a new building and then immediately run out of space. There was a church that I worked with that, that did that. They built this grand, big, huge new building, but they actually built less square footage in the children's area than they had before. And so they immediately had no room. And so it's just really important for you to think about your community. And there's ways for you too to be able to find out what is the rate of your community's growth mm-hmm. so that you can have the architects help you calculate. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be as familiar with that too, so that you yes. can kind of see, okay, we have this number now, but this is the number that we have the possibility of being able to reach mm-hmm. and, and really think through that carefully. Mm-hmm. So. I think there's a couple of things. Let's kind of work into a little bit more details of some of the things that you want to think through as you are not only building maybe a new building, but also reallocating space in your building or trying to figure out a new way to be able to set up your preschool and your children's hallways. I think one of the main things you really want to think about is that your preschool and children's hallway really needs to be off the main sections of your church building so that people don't have to walk through your hallway to get to another portion of the building. Mm -hmm. And I know that this can be a huge stress and pressure for a lot of churches. Mm -hmm. But the problem is this. You don't want people that have not had background checks to be walking through your space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you really, you also don't need that extra foot traffic. 
Yes. And so there have been a lot of churches that I've worked with that, that actually senior adults will cut through the preschool and children's hallway because it's a shorter route to get to the sanctuary yes. or, yes. you know, or they just have to, to, you know, feel like they have to have, you know, it in this area where people have to come through to get to the spaces. And I think that we really need to think about how can mm -hmm. we configure our preschool hallway, especially but our mm -hmm. preschool and children's hallways mm -hmm. so that it's not a main thoroughfare yes. so that you have the ability to have it locked off for safety so yes. that you do have some sort of plan for how you keep your children safe in the hallway, especially if the children do have to walk through the hallway to get to a restroom. And mm -hmm. I see a lot of new buildings yes. that do that. They don't have the restrooms in the classrooms and they have them at the end of the hallways. And so that means that the children are going to be walking through the hallways to get mm -hmm. to the restrooms. And so we mm -hmm. really want to make sure that our hallways are as safe as possible. Absolutely. I've been in all of those situations and more where the the children's area, unfortunately, you're right, is like a kind of a more direct route or we want to cut through here because it's raining and so we don't want to walk around on the outside. Um, you know, I've had uh, an, a senior adult exclaim with dismay at some of our locked doors saying, oh, you used to be able to go everywhere you wanted to. And I'm like, right, that is intentional. We don't want everyone there's so many scary people in the world today. We, we don't want everyone to be able to go everywhere they want to in our preschool mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, and, and even um, having adult classes that meet in, you know, leftover children's classrooms. Yes. I mean, that is unfortunately a, a huge safety issue it is. because any adult could be a guest or a visitor in that class. And, they could have any sort of intentions being on that hall with other, with the children. And so, yeah. So unfortunately being um, very much a stickler, gracious, a gracious stickler <laughs> about some of these that are ultimately security and safety issues for the well-being of our children. They are, they are. And while you're mentioning that, I, I want to mention too, I, I did have a church that I visited right after they had opened a brand new children and preschool ministry. And they had that extra classroom that they decided to allow a senior adult class to use until they needed it because the church was in such desperate need for space. And so as she was showing me around the building, I asked her if I could look in that senior adult classroom. And she was like, well, sure, they're, you know, they're just using it for a little while. It's, you know, it's just going to be, you know, a regular classroom. And I was like, yeah, no, I just want to <laughs> like to take a peek. And so we walked in and I will never forget the look on that children's minister's face because the senior adult class had literally taken this classroom and they had fully decorated it. They had fully painted it. They had painted Bible verses on the walls. Oh, they had boy. put in special chairs. They had brought in artwork. They the doilies were out in full force. It was oh, all no. there. And so they had fully <laughs> moved into this room. And I, I said, I hate to tell you this, but I don't think you're ever going to get this room back because they had taken it and moved in. And so one of yes. the things that I really recommend to churches is that if you are going to share space, like if you do have the ability to safely share space when you have extra space, then you want to make sure that you, 
you know, give them the guidelines for what can be done in that space and for how long they can have that space and, you know, make sure that they realize that this is still a children's ministry yes. classroom. Yes. Um, but yes. that, you know, so that you are aware of, you know, if you want to decorate, if you want to do something, please let me know so that I'll be aware. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to make sure you have those conversations ahead of time. Because yes. once they move in, it's going to be really hard to get them to move out if you need that <laughs> yes. space. So yes. think through that a little bit, for sure. One of the other things that I always really encourage churches to think about is your signage. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you think through your building as if you had never been there before. Mm -hmm. So that means that one day when you pull into the parking lot, pretend like you've never been to the church before. Can you find the door for the preschool and the children's ministry when you pull into the parking lot? Do you know where you are to park? Do you know which way to head once you walk into the building? Imagine you're walking into the building carrying a baby's car seat and yeah. walking with a toddler, you know, like picture how easy is it for the doors to open for you to be able to find your way through the hallways. When you walk into the lobby, do you see which directions you need to go? And I know a lot of people will tell me, oh, well, we have you know, we have people that help with that. We have, you know, people that are at the doors and people that are in the parking lot. Um, when we were first looking, when I first um, started working for the convention and I wasn't serving as a children's minister at a church, we were looking for a church home for the first time in a very long time because we'd always, you know, attended where I served. And so we visited a lot of churches in the Nashville area. And I was surprised at how many we could not find our way around yes. because maybe the people that normally worked in the parking lot were out that day. So there wasn't yes. somebody in the parking lot to direct us on that particular day, or yeah. there were 20 doors to go into and we didn't know which one was the sanctuary door. You know, we didn't know which way to head. Um, I can remember when we did, we did join a church that was an older church that had absolutely no signage in it at all. And no. so we couldn't find the buildings that we needed to. Like if we had a Sunday school class that was in building D, we didn't know what building D was. Like we had to yeah. ask people, well, you know, where, where can we find this? So I think it's really important for you to kind of think through your building and think about signage. And I know mm -hmm. a lot of people think, oh, well, we don't want to spend the money on signage, but it could be very helpful to have a few key pieces of signage in your mm -hmm. building to help navigate people as they wander. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we have that I think is comparatively inexpensive in the signage world, um, but very, very effective is um, we have two, ours are 13 foot and you don't have to get them this big, 13 foot feather flags, those you know, those. giant curved flags yes. that on Sunday mornings go outside the preschool and children's area. One says preschool, one says kids. They're colorful, they're bright, they are yeah. so easy to see. As soon as you turn on campus, you can see them um, right. and know where to go um, for our preschool and kids ministry. Yeah, those are really great because then you can move them around and, and you have the ability to use them for different things and in different locations. And so I love those. And so that is great. But yeah, just it's, it's nice to have that extra set of eyes. It might be something that you would need to ask maybe a friend to come and walk yeah. through your building that, that attends another church or that serves at another church just so you get that. You know, because again, we become so accustomed to our spaces yes. when we're there all the time 
that we don't tend to notice things. And so you have to really be able to allow yourself to look at space in a different way. So I want to cover something that can be a little controversial. I want us to talk about paint colors um, (laughs) and decorating a little bit because, you know, I said earlier about the elaborate decorating systems or Mm -hmm. the murals, really need to think through those. It doesn't mean that I think that all of our walls should be off white and that there should be no color whatsoever. I I, I hope I didn't sound that way when I was saying that earlier. But I do think that we need to think about the colors of paint that Mm we do use in our classrooms Mm -hmm. and in our hallways. Mm -hmm. Because we want to not only, again, think about... um, the longevity of things that we choose, but we also want to think about how colors can affect children mm-hmm. because they can have an effect. Yes. And so I think it's really important for us yes. to think about like, for me, you know, I, I, I have walked into some children's spaces that are painted in these bright neon colors mm-hmm. with maybe stripes or zigzags or different yeah. kinds of things. It's so stimulating. It's so stimulating. And actually, too, what happens is that there are some children that have a sensitivity and some adults mm-hmm. that have a sensitivity. Sometimes yeah. I can look at those shapes or those colors and I almost feel like the wall is moving. Yeah. And I know that not everybody has that sense of of sensitivity to color, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that when you do have those very bright neon colors with mm-hmm. very specific shapes, it can mm-hmm. be difficult for children with anxiety. It can be difficult for children with special needs. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult for people who have a sensitivity to color. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to think through, you know, what colors we're using when we are painting. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that we're not painting walls too dark because mm-hmm. that can make a space seem smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, a lot of people will y- like to use primary colors, but the thing about primary colors is that they tend to fade in a in an odd kind of way with light sometimes, mm-hmm. but they also you can get very tired of them very easily. Like they become very dated as you look at them. So if you think more, you know, soft colors, more Mm -hmm. jewel toned colors, maybe doing colors in, in painting an accent wall or painting maybe Mm -hmm. geometric shapes, just like a circle and a square or triangle or something Mm -hmm. in a darker color on a lighter wall, just to give, a little bit of pop of color, but not anything mm-hmm. that's too extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the kinds of things that we want to think about. You know, those gender neutral soft colors in a nursery, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So you really want to to do some research with your paint colors and be very mindful of those really dark, really neon primary colors. Yeah. And I'm a, I am also a big fan of the singular accent wall. You know, the rest of the walls are like a grayish kind of color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one on a practical level too. anyone who is capable of painting is capable of updating that space. Right. So going back to the whole, you know, like a solid wall versus a mural, um, you know, there are a lot of people who are capable of helping you update your space in that scenario. Right. Um, one of the things, and this was at a church where we shared a space with a weekday preschool. Um, during the school year, 
every summer we would repaint the hallways Mm -hmm. because invariably throughout the school year of having a preschool on campus, having ministries on campus, um, our walls would just get so beat up, especially Mm -hmm. in the hallway, those high traffic areas. So, I mean, every summer we would repaint those hallways. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, I'm definitely a fan, just like what you're saying, of those sort of softer colors in the preschool area. Mm -hmm. Um, We have half of our rooms repainted currently. So we have one wing in our preschool repainted with some really nice, soft, um, you know, pastel-y kind of colors. Um, And then the other wing still has like School bus yellow, right? right. Code orange, yeah, really lime green. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and so you know, it's funny, but it's true though. Like mm. you know, from one week to the next, a room goes from stop sign red to you know a soft coral, mm-hmm. and the behavior you can see a difference in the behavior of the kids. So I, I don't have any of this research on hand at the moment, but I do know that that people have done studies on the effects of, you know, wall color in your environment, you know, and that mm-hmm. soft blues, soft greens, those are very calming colors mm-hmm. um, compared to some of the, the very bright, I don't know, almost like aggressive kind of colors. Um, but you're right, like in children's ministry face spaces, those jewel tones. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like like a deep, like royal purple, or um, if you're if you're gonna do a yellow, something like kind of like a sunshine yellow, not like a school bus, mm-hmm. somewhere in between school bus and mustard. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, something that's not as bright, a little more muted, but still definitely yellow. Mm-hmm. Um some of those colors that are just um, a little more subdued can just be so fun, a fun little pop of color, um, but also not overwhelming. And particularly whenever you do it on an accent wall versus like the whole room. Right. Um, You really do want to get some of those sample colors and go into the classroom that you're going to paint and paint a a large section of the, you know, the wall and let the sunlight hit it and see how it's going to change because Mm -hmm. paint and colors can vary according to the classroom and the way the the sun hits the wall and, and mm. all of those things. So you want mm-hmm. to, to be a little bit more deliberate than yes. to just go to the paint store and go, oh, look, this is a pretty yellow because yeah. you, know, you really don't know what it's going to look like until you actually see it in the space too. So, mm-hmm. so you definitely want to be you definitely want to be cautious about that. I know we've given a lot of information today. Honestly, what I would love to hear is, do you have questions about your classrooms? Mm-hmm. Do you have questions about your preschool ministry hallways and rooms or your children's ministry hallway and rooms? We would love to hear your questions. What are some of your concerns? What are some areas that you're struggling with? Are you getting ready to build and you're wondering about something specific? If you do have questions about anything about your space or building, please send us a message. We would love to hear your questions. We would love to be able to try to help you um, and give you any advice that we may have from our experience because we have served in a lot of buildings. We have remodeled a lot of buildings. So we have been there and we know what you're struggling with and we would love to be able to meet you where you are. That is our heart. We really appreciate that you took time to spend with us today. We ask that you would like and subscribe and all the things. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.